0: Because to repent, to, for one thing, when you repent, you, you, you come to a realization that you need to repent, don't you? <laughs> you kind of come to a realization that, hey, it's not all about me and I'm not as wonderful as I think that I am. <laughs> so we turn to God. And who is this mighty God that suddenly shows up when we do that? Who is he? He doesn't, come, he doesn't come with stipulations of things that we must do before we come to him, does he? He doesn't come with uh, 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 rules and regulations that says, you know, when you stop doing that, when you get your act together, uh, here's some of the things that I'll do for you. He doesn't say any of that. His love is unconditional. He says, come and buy without price. Come. Well, the message today is let go and let God. Let go and let God, or we use God, but we don't allow Him to use us. You ever drop the God card? You ever drop the Jesus word now and then when you're really not prepared or willing to be used of Him? Come on. Come on, I know that you do. We do sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we go and, like, as Jesse opened this morning, You know, we come into church, sometimes it's just out of a, well, we go to church on Sunday. Now, we know all the reasons why we should be in church, right? But sometimes it's just an automatic thing. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm going to go to church and, uh, you know, I'm kind of, this has happened, that's happened. But I know if I press in, God will show up, God will do something. Now, you know, of course, we have to position ourselves to be blessed of God, right? So coming to church is a good thing when you need that, right? It's a good thing to position yourself in a place where God is going to be and where he's going to move. Amen? So even if we aren't. Even if we aren't the spiritual giants that we should be that day or at that moment or that week that we had problems with, we should come in knowing that God is going to be in that place and that if I pay attention, if I pay attention, if I give myself to God, if I let go, you know, for God to arise... In Psalm 68, 1, it says, Let God arise and let His enemies be scattered. Now, we have all these enemies, right? We have all the forces, the world, the enemy, and the the, the devil that that fights against us. And we wage war against that, sometimes unknowingly, and most of the time in our flesh rather than in the spirit. Because we say, well, that's life. But the life that God has called you to be in is a life that is surrendered and given up to Him. You know, for God to arise, we first have to let go. We have to die to live. We have to surrender to be salvaged to God. You know, Matthew 21, 28 speaks of, uh, Jesus spoke of the man who had two sons. He had two sons, and, he's, and this man said to the first son, he, said, he says, go work in my vineyard. And the first son said, no, I'm not going to go. He went away, but later he repented. He got to thinking about, you know, I shouldn't have talked to my father that way. He had a commandment, I shouldn't be doing that. So later he repented. He said to the second son, he says, go work in my vineyards. He said, yes, but he didn't go. And of course the question was, which of these did the will of the father? Well, as Jesus was talking to some of the uh, the very uh, elite of the religious sect at the time, you know, those people in church. <laughs> he said, which one did? I said, well, the that, that first one, he repented, and he said, and he made the statement, he says, I tell you that the tax collectors and the sinners go into the kingdom of God before you. Now, if you read, if you think about that, we've got two sons, uh, one would and he didn't, and one would not, he didn't, he didn't want to go, he didn't, but he, he did go. But I tell you for a fact that both these sons did not want to go work in the vineyard. It's evident. Either one of them wanted to go. Have you been there? When the father said go? Either one of them wanted to go. Let me ask you, you've got to let go. You've got to let go to let God arise. You have to let go of self. The one that, And I, I look at this and I said, you know, I look at that and I said, Lord, I'm a liar. How many of us have said we were going to do something and didn't do it? How many of us have said, well, the statute of limitations has run out on that? <laughs> huh? We'd, we'd have. But, you know, God doesn't forget. God does not forget. Sometimes we say the word of God says, let our yea be yea and our nay be nay. When I look at this, who did the will of the Father? Who should we be like? I would rather be the one that said, no, I'm not going, but then at least have the conviction of the Holy Spirit and repent for later rather than to lie and go away with no conviction at all. So is it better to be a liar? Well, you look at this, is it better to be a liar and what? Repent. Allow God, let go and allow God. Rather than, who was the first guy? What is it? Do we sometimes answer? Do we sometimes answer people who question us about things the way we think or the way we know that we should rather than the way we are? Absolutely. But I read, I should have answered no and had somebody think less of me but repent and be blessed of God. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we take just too much stock in ourself or our strength. We think that we are strong, but yet God says He's strong in us when we're weak. Yes. Not when we're strong, when we're weak. Well, does that mean that we're supposed to be weak? We're supposed. To... What do you want me to tell you? He said He's strong in us when we're weak. Do we find any good thing in our flesh? No, we don't. You have to let go. Have you ever had the drive across town discussion with Jesus Christ? Come on, I've had that discussion. I know just about every one of you have. Well, Lord, you know, I, you know, we really should go talk to Sister Mary over there or go pray for her. Man, that's all the way on the other side of Clearwater. I just got home. Man, am I tired. I worked hard. And then what would you do? Did I do anything for the Father that day? Did I do? Did I mention the name of Jesus Christ? But yet we have the drive across town, discussion with Jesus that's way over there. You know how much gas that costs, Lord? You know, gas is cheaper now, but hey, you remember the $4 a gallon stuff, huh? Man, just cost me $120 to fill that truck up. Got to drive across town. I had a good friend tell me here not too long ago when I said something about money. He says, Well, your father has all the money. <laughs> right, John? Right. <laughs> My father has all the money. Right. So, what's the problem? But we have to let go, we have to let loose of ourselves. Paul writes in Romans, which I, I, I quote an awful lot because now here's the Apostle Paul in Romans, the seventh. Uh, chapter. And the Apostle Paul is saying, he said, I I see this principle in my life. I see this that uh, I want to do what is right, but inevitably I do what's wrong. So what is that all about? I want to do what's right, but yet I do what's wrong. He says, there's a power within me that wars against my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me was anybody in here thought you were free from sin? We are forgiven, aren't we? But in this body, there's a war going on constantly. Always there's a war. Paul, this is the Apostle Paul. Now, you know, we we meet, we read great things and wonderful things about the Apostle Paul in our word, and it encourages us and it strengthens us. But, you know, a lot of times when there's persecution, have you ever ever been abused by somebody or maybe I, I think about Paul, you know, when you get, you know, you get slapped across the face. You ever been slapped across the face? What, what's your first reaction to that? Maybe not a slap, maybe the closed hand. Huh? That's a first reaction. That's a reaction. Did, do you think that the trials and the tribulations that Paul went through, did he ever know? It's evident that he did have a problem with it because he speaks about it right here. He speaks about it and he says, there is a war going on in me, within me. He, and he says, what a miserable person I am. Who shall deliver me? In the King James, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who shall do this? And he says, I thank God. The answer, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how uh, how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. I want to do it. I mean, I have it in my mind. Uh, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Now, I know some scholars look at this and they say, well, that was before maybe Paul was saved or something. I don't believe that. I believe that Paul was serving the Lord. He, he, this was after, the, after his, his, his conversion. And I believe that Paul recognized fully above a lot of people, that there was this war that constantly goes on in our members. And that if we didn't let go, if we weren't in the presence of God, if we didn't stay in tune to God, that that nature would always surface and always prevail. Always. So he says that with the Spirit I serve, with the Spirit I serve my mind, the Spirit I serve God, but with the flesh I serve sin. So anytime the, the flesh rises up, uh, you don't have to guess what you're going to get. You're not, you don't have to guess. We have to be led of the Spirit. In the presence of God, the mind is transformed, right? The Word says that we are renewed through the reading of the Word. Our mind is renewed. We are transformed by that Word. Our, our feet, the Word is wonderful. It's a lamp to my feet. It directs my path. But when we say that sometimes, I know a lot of people say, okay, well, the Word, I'm going to read that Word. Some people say, you've read the Bible? You've read the Word cover to cover? You've read the... I've read the Word cover to cover many times, but what good does it do me? What do you mean, what good it does it do me? I tell you, if I'm not in the Word, if I don't let go to Jesus, if I don't allow Him to operate in my life, the Word is to no effect. We are transformed through that word. Now, we can read that. Have you, uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever read something and didn't know what you read? Okay. I rest my case. Sometimes you read it. Sometimes you pick up your Bible. And you go, well, I need to read the Bible. We're going to drop the Jesus card. I'm going to Jesus, I'm going to be with you. This is, this is my time with you, Jesus. I, I mean, I, I, after all, I'm a Christian, after all. So we run in there and we get that word out and we read it real fast. We read a chapter and we close it up. What did it say? What did it do for us? The word trans—the word that transforms us is the living word. Unless it comes alive in our heart, unless it manifests in our life and speaks to our being, speaks to us, then it's no, no effect. Well, what if it speaks to my... Well, sometimes we want that word to speak to our neighbor, don't we? Don't we? Yeah. Well, you know, so-and-so over there, I'm going to go over. I know you've been after me to go over and pray for them, but I'm going to pray that this word speak to them. No, the word is for you. The word is for you to operate in your life. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So we have to let go and let God arise. Our Bible studies, our home our home fellowships, rather Jesse put in a plug for our home fellowships. Uh, this body is moving towards a unif- more of a a closer unification and a fellowship with jesus christ Amen. i, I won 't say that we 've got in a rut, but we 've got in a rut. <laughs> I won't say that, but nevertheless, it's true. We do get into something. So as we draw close to Jesus, as we get close, now I've been praying, as I'm sure most of you and all of you may have been praying, Lord, open opportunities for me to share the gospel. Yeah. Now, sometimes we just say, well, that's an automatic. I'm always, no, out of sight, out of mind, if, you don't, if you're not seeking the Lord after it, if you don't let it go, if you don't let go of self, if you don't inquire of the Lord, if you don't ask, it's not going to be presented to you. And if it is, you won't recognize it. I had a, uh, I was in getting a uh, lock made for my truck, for my tool box in the back. And there was a man in there. And, and he, he began speaking to me. I had a t-shirt about, wish I was fishing with my grandchildren. Started up a conversation. And we talked. Very nice person, shared a few little ideas or whatever anyway, and I drove away, and when I got home, the Holy Spirit said, Who put, why do you think I sent you that man? What was he there for? Now, I had been praying that the Lord put somebody in, you know, open a door, right? We we don't like cold things, do we? But, you know, as things kind of warm up and we like somebody, you know. I said, Lord, forgive me. But you know what's going to happen next time? I might remember. Now, I'm not going to promise you. But the Lord is on the trail. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, I'm praying for that. And then I said, Lord, there here this man was, and, and I could have invited him to our home fellowships. I could have asked him, did he have a church? Was he, was he in, involved in church? You know? And I could have invited him to our fellowship. There he was. And I have no doubt that the Lord put him in, our pa- in my path. There he was. I had been praying. There's the answer to prayer. Now, will you recognize it? Will you pay attention? You pray for me that I'll pay attention, okay? All right. That I won't miss the next opportunity because I have been praying and God in it. So, so, so who was this man? Was it by chance that he was there? I don't believe it was by chance. You follow what I'm saying? We put a lot of things by chance that we pray for and it happens and, and we do not recognize that God is actually answering prayer and He's working on our behalf. I mean, after all, we are blessed. There's plenty of things that we've all prayed for and God has done, and we just kind of, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, okay, it was just life, and it went on. But God takes care of us day after day after day. A good example of that is the ten lepers that came to Jesus, right? They came and they said, oh, Lord, heal us. And He said, you know, you go show yourself to to the priest for... And you could imagine now how they felt about that, because, you know, they were supposed to show themselves for the priest for cleansing when they were cleansed, so that they could go back and enter back into society. But yet they were all had leprosy. And I could just hear them mumbling and grumbling as they went away. Well, why should I show myself to the priest? I've got leprosy. You know, and I can hear it all going on. But it said, as they went, as they obeyed His command, they were healed. But only one came back to give Him recognition only one. What in the world were the others thinking of? What were they thinking of? So God puts things, puts people, circumstances in your path. If we don't let go, God cannot arise in our life. We have to let go. We have to let him says, well, you know, I'll give a little money to that poor person over there or that street person. What if God told you to take him home with you? You know, what I jump back to is, well, God said he won't put anything more on me than I'm able to bear. (laughs) What can you say? We all fall so short of the glory of God. And what if he did? What would become of it? God is always after us to enlarge our borders, to stretch out and allow Him to work in a much greater capacity with us than what we have allowed so far. Have I ever done anything for God that He didn't show up and do wonderful and miraculous things? Absolutely not. And every time it happens, I say, why don't I trust God more? And I'm convicted, I'm convicted with this answer, always you're not in my presence enough. Proverbs six sixteen through nineteen says, "There are six things that the Lord hates; no, seven things he detests: haughty eyes. Have you ever had haughty eyes? Haughty eyes—that's like, like a judgment. You know, when you look on somebody and you kind eh, of, for you, you dirty, or are you stupid?" you know <laughs> I think sometimes we do that with our children which is a shame. Sometimes we get irritated at kids and we look down on them cuz we're the parent and why are you doing that or But we do that with each other too. We do that sometimes. It says the Lord hates it. A lying tongue. The yeah, I'll go to your field, father, but you don't go. Guilty. Hands that kill the innocent. A heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong. I thought about that. Feet that race to do wrong. <laughs> have you ever have you ever been a little vengeful? Couldn't wait to get back. Couldn't wait to rush forward and uh, that's all right, it'll be a good lesson for him. <laughs> a false witness who pours out lies or a person who sows discord in a family. Have you ever said something and you said, I'm not going to say that because I know nothing's going to come good of it, but you say it anyway. And you go, oh, why did I say that? I knew I should not have said that. You know, in, our, in my, uh, after being saved in the first uh, church I was in, the pastor was one who, uh, he was delivered out of uh, a very rough life, alcoholism, that was his life, he loved to fight and brawl in bars, he loved to beat up the biggest guy in a room, and, and uh, he probably epitomized the word redneck. But the Lord got a hold of him and used him in such a mighty capacity. So much so that uh, people come from far away, because he had quite a reputation in the bars and the joints and the different things that he did. And all those people started coming to church because they could not believe that God would get a hold of such a man. There's one thing that he always said, and he told the church, he said, uh, he says, you know, people do all kinds of things. He says, but the one thing that I will put somebody out of church for is a person who runs their mouth and sows discord among the brethren. That was the only thing he'd ever put you out of the church for, is someone who runs their mouth, spreading lies and discord and hatred envy and strife among the brethren." I thought it was a pretty good thing because in all his fighting, in all his roughness, there was one thing that he even held dear in the flesh and all that he spent, is that he held his friends and people who were close to him in high regard. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. Paul speaks of five things that God uses. Five things that God uses. God hath chosen what? The foolish things of the world to confound the wise. How many of you here think they're foolish? I'll raise my hand. Foolish things. Because as the world sees it, let's take Peter for example. Let's look at Peter's life. When You know, Peter, when he... When Jesus told Peter, he says, now, he says, you wait in, the, in that room on high, and he says, when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you be converted, you'll be strengthened, and he'll take you where you won't go. Well, Jesus, or Peter, got so bold in the ministry that when he came in in ministry, he said, those people that are around and listened and heard him said, what about him? They said, this guy's been in the presence of Jesus. Now, what they said about him? they discerned that he had been with Jesus. And when you come out of your prayer closet, when you come out of being in the presence of Jesus, people will say the exact same thing about you, that you've been in the presence of something mighty. Or they will want to know, if they don't know Jesus, they'll want to know your reason for rejoicing and why you are the way that you are. Because you see, there's something about Jesus, isn't there? He stands out in the room. He is a beacon in a crowd. Not that he ever even has to speak. There's just something about his presence. And I don't mean something about his presence like what a drag this guy is. I hope he gets out of here. I don't mean that. I mean there's something about the delivering power of Jesus. He's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that what? That no flesh should glory in His presence. So you notice these things that, that, he, that he applies, that He says that he, he uses, the foolish things, the weak things, the base things, the despised things. He uses them so that no flesh would glory in His presence. We have to let go to let God arise. You see, when we're strong, how, we would, there's not a person in here that wouldn't love, that would not love to have the knowledge, when you have the knowledge of God, that you could go forth and take the glory. There's not one, because our flesh wants to receive the glory. Our flesh wants that, but God says, pay attention. He uses those who are dead to bring to life. He uses the base things. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise so that no flesh could glory. You cannot glory to man because of your salvation or who you are. You were lost in a sinner when God got a hold of you and it's by the grace of God that you stand now. Everything was paid for you at the cross. It was all there. It's all available, not just to you, but the Word of God says that whosoever will come. And He says, take my yoke upon you because my yoke and my burden is light. Why is it light? Because Jesus is pulling all the weight. He's pulling all the weight. You're along for the ride, folks. You are along for the ride. And what God requires of us is that we have a broken and a A broken heart towards him. He acquires of us for us to be humble because he uses the humble. He uses the abased things. He uses the foolish things and the simple things to confound the wise. Just like they looked at Peter. This guy is just an old fisherman. I know him. What's happened to him? Someone else is over there. He's been with Jesus. He's been with Jesus. Who is this guy? just like that preacher I told you about. When they all come in, they go, what in the heck is this guy preaching the gospel? Look at him talking about in and, and, and power and praying for the sick and, and, and people being saved and, and the power of God moving around. Who is this? He's been with Jesus. Couldn't pick the simpler man. He's been with Jesus. And that's what we need to be. We need to be with Jesus. In Revelation, the fifth chapter, I'm going to close with this, we read of John. Here's John. And we find that he's weeping sorely. He's crying. He can't contain himself. He saw a sealed book, and no one was found that could break the seal and open the book. Abel, the holy man of God, was not worthy to open it. Enoch, he'd been trans translated to heaven without tasting death, and Elijah who had gone up in a chariot of fire, even Moses the great lawgiver, or Isaiah, or any of the prophets. None were found worthy to open the book. And as he saw this, John wept much, as if without hope. Who is worthy? As he wept, one touched him and said, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, have prevailed to open the book, to loose the seven seals therein. When he looked to see who was the lion of the tribe of Judah, who did he see? He saw Jesus. Did he see the lion of the tribe of Judah? What did he see? He saw the lion. Which was the Lamb. Right? He saw the Lamb of God, one who had given everything, who had paid the price, who had given everything. We think, there's Jesus, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. But he saw the Lamb that was slain. He said, He saw the lamb, the scripture says he saw the lamb, as if it had been slaughtered. And we're afraid of maybe not looking quite so well. Maybe a little disheveled. Maybe, I don't know, taking up proper appearances when we should be worried about just letting go and letting God Letting Jesus take control. What will we do for him if he asks us? Where will we go for him? Will we indeed? <laughs> we, I think about that. We have that, dry, we have that drive across town discussion with Jesus. And Jesus comes back and says, okay, how about walking across the street to your neighbor? And then where will we go with that? It's too late now. <laughs> right? I've been meaning to Lord, but you know, they work late. They're in bed by now. I know that's when in reality, when in reality they may be on their face weeping because no one there is there to open a word of knowledge to them. Just as John said, who is worthy? We're the Lamb. We've The Lamb is Jesus. Jesus makes this wonderful promise that says, I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. He's not asking you to go in your own strength. He says, these things I have chosen, the weak, the humble, the abased. We always have to search our heart, don't we? For what reason or purpose? Even when we do good, like Paul said, even when I do good, there's evil present in me. Jesus Is all about the motive, isn't he? Well, if he's all about the motive, and there's no way I can do it because there's evil present in me, I don't want to do it like the two sons, either one of us want to go. Here I am, Lord. Go for me. And you walk across the street and let Jesus do the talking. Or you drive across town and let Jesus do the preaching. Because I'll tell you, He will. Amen. Let's everybody stand. Our house gatherings, our house gatherings are something wonderful and it's something that we build upon. Sometimes, you know, we think, we think, we think that we just... Now, now, don't get me wrong, you know, when we, were, when we got saved, we were <laughs> instantaneously, right? We were. We, I mean, we were. You know, God wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life and the spiritual man is the spiritual man. But this vessel is something different, isn't it? And, and we need to let it be used of God. So today, how much will we give up? Will we let go and let God arise? Because if He does... The enemies will be scattered. Our house gatherings are so important for this, so important. I, I, you know, at the first one, I said, "You know, I'm going to pray for everybody. Did I, did I pray for everybody? Yeah, yeah, but not like I was, thought I was going to pray for everybody. <laughs> but it's getting better. I'm praying better. You see what I mean? It's getting better. I'm starting to transform. I'm starting to draw closer. And the closer we get to Christ, the better it is, Jerry, isn't it? The better it is. And then suddenly all our little, our, all our things that we seem to be engrossed in just don't seem to be that important. The closer we get in His presence, the more we'll let go and let God arise. So church, today, I want you to search your heart. I want everybody in this sanctuary to search your heart and say, Lord, what, what can I do for you? Now, wait a minute, not, uh, you know, I don't want to drive over there across town. No, ask the Lord, help me to let go to you. Help me to give up self and you strengthen me. Because I know what, because the scripture says, and we should know, that I can do all things in Christ Jesus, right? So it's Jesus that does it. I don't want to, I don't think I'll ever want to. But, if I'm with Christ, if I spend time with him, if Jesus is operating i if I allow him, then I will um, church let's can i ask everybody to come forward, please. Can you just kind of come forward? Let's all just kind of gather around this altar, and I'm going to dismiss you here we're 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 I just kind of want us to all kind of gather together, and as I pray, I want the Lord to get a hold of us all and thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Lord we are your church we are your body called by your name and father we know without you we have no hope lord jesus it's you in us the hope of glory and in the name of jesus we lord surrender to you this day we i lord i give my heart to you you know you know the flesh you know this body you know this vessel In Heavenly Father, how it wars against Your Spirit. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we speak peace. I pray peace upon this body. I pray restoration upon this body. And a letting go of self. Lord, a willingness to be used of You, Father, to be directed of You. Let them let go. Only, if only, Lord, let us hear Your voice. To be in Your presence. For we know if we're in Your presence, Father, You can direct us. So, in the name of Jesus... Father, I impart a blessing of dull ears to be opened, Father, minds and hearts to be opened. follow ground broken up in the name of Jesus, that this body and all who hear my voice, Lord, will understand and be led of your Holy Spirit, and in your presence find the peace, the glory, and the direction that only you can bring. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise God. God bless you all. If anybody needs prayer for any situation in here, I want you to know that we're ready to pray for you now if there's something that you have need of. So don't go out of here if you have a special need of prayer and you want it addressed or someone to agree with you.